You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, it's David, and I'm back for episode number 51. And again, I have Clayton Carson on the podcast today. I brought him back on because last time uh, we spoke was about a year ago, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, just to review, uh, in 2014, the summer of 2014, he threw up a profile on my website um, and pretty much didn't get any uh, didn't get any responses. But that was only a week or two that it was up. Uh, so what does he do? He packs his bags, gets a plane ticket to Europe, and starts traveling around and meeting clubs and shaking hands. And uh, he ended up at Finkston Ball, our tournament in the center of Austria here at Atnang Puchheim, where I play and coach. And uh, so he shows up for the tournament. He let me know ahead of time. He's crashed on my coach and. He shows up and he volunteers to help out and he picks the, the, the worst job you possibly can at this party slash baseball uh, weekend, uh, which is the job that involves getting up and up to the field at seven in the morning for the grounds crew. Uh, so he does it. He was having a blast and staying out late and getting up early, picking up a, a rake and uh, or whatever he had to do because I was sleeping in. I don't know. And uh, you know he shows up and he's just the greatest guy. He's helping out, networking with everybody, and he manages to get on with the Polish national team into the tournament. Uh, so he plays for them and he does great. He he's he's uh, puts up some numbers. He's a leader on the field, and then off the field, like I said, uh, just got to know everybody at the tournament and ended up getting picked up by a second division Austrian team called the Hard Bulls. And the Hard Bulls uh, were the previous year second division champions, and they were struggling a bit in 2014, and they were looking for someone to kind of get them through that, and Clayton was their man, and uh, so he hopped on board with them. It was a much lower level of baseball that he was used to coming from uh, San Diego University. So, uh, you know, it was an adjustment uh, for him, but Clayton adjusted well. He went in with an open mind. And he helped them turn it around, and they just missed the playoffs. Uh, but they, you know, they had they finished the season strong, and that just opened the door for him. He ended up then going to Australia in the winter to play in Adelaide with the Golden Grove Central District Dodgers. Uh, that's a mouthful. And uh, again, he fit in qu- quite well there. Uh, had an awesome experience there and they invited him back for a second year so he's going to hop on a plane any day now to go back for a second season in Australia and in between he made his way back to Europe and was playing player coach again uh, with the Zurich Challengers in the top Swiss league the NLA and uh, right now they're in the playoffs I'm not 100% sure how they're doing um, but I know he's got that organization on the right track too there and uh, so what makes him so valuable is his ability to coach play uh, he can also pitch uh, so he's just he can do everything he's a man of all traits and he's very personable um, so he's the ultimate import uh, which you'll you'll hear and in this podcast episode he shares a ton of information like I mean a ton and valuable information so if you really are blind to what's going on overseas this is the podcast episode to listen to uh, he tells you everything you need to know about each league and uh, yeah and the adventures that he has on the side and I'm telling you right now, uh, of all the times that I've asked an interviewee uh, what they've done off the field in terms of tour stuff, uh, 
his his stories take the cake. So have a listen. Enjoy this one. This is episode number 51 with Clayton Carson. Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Sam Bat. Any clubs in Europe that are interested in new bats for 2016 can take advantage of a promotion right now where I offer the IBC Scouting Service for free with orders of 10 or more bats. The IBC Scouting Service will find your imports for you. We'll do all the background checks and all the legwork. So if you're interested in this deal and you want to be able to choose your own colors for your bats for 2016, you can email me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Clayton, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. Uh, happy to be here again. Yeah, second time around. So uh, maybe we can, maybe you can give a quick summary of, um, you know, how you, uh, where, where you went to school, what your baseball background was like, and then how it led you overseas uh, last year. That was a year ago yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, no, I grew up uh, playing baseball in Southern California. Uh, good baseball family, good baseball community. Um, ended up playing college ball, kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, went to BYU originally, uh, bounced back, went to a junior college in Southern California, and then uh, finished up my playing career at San Diego State. Um, had to stop playing because I'd hurt my back. Um, and then went into coaching after that, coached at uh, the junior college that I had played at, Saddleback. Uh, and then went on and coached at a Division One in Southern Utah University, which is now that program got shut down unfortunately because of uh, lack of funding. But uh, actually spent half the season there as the head coach, so that was a, a great experience for me. Um, following that, got into scouting, and then decided I wasn't really a big fan of scouting and wanted to you know, keep coaching. But it was kind of all the season, and uh, looked at my options, and overseas seemed like the best option. Um, kind of contacted a few different clubs, didn't have any any bites, and then I just decided to pack a bag and jump overseas, and you know, start knocking on doors. And it turned out to to benefit me, and I ended up uh, signing with a club in Austria out of the uh, Fingston Ball Tournament last year. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a blog post and an interview last summer about just how you took your fate into your own hands, and I believe that was the title of the, of the blog post and podcast. How how one man took his fate into his own hands and took his career overseas, something along those lines. So it's a pretty amazing story. And but I'm just a little curious. How did you um, how did you know about baseball overseas were you aware of of the opportunities over there like uh, you, you said uh, overseas seemed like the best option yeah i, I had played uh, uh with some guys in college that had played in the netherlands a little bit um and then actually a couple of my uh, coaches growing up had played in italy um years ago uh, mm-hmm. probably 20 30 years ago uh, so i knew there was baseball overseas i didn't know to the extent that there is, uh, you know, I kind of found all that information out on your website. Uh, just kind of did a, a basic Google search about baseball overseas and, and found your website um, and was able to kind of see how uh, expansive it is. I mean, I didn't realize there was baseball in Switzerland or Austria or so many of these mm-hmm. countries. I just thought maybe it was Italy and, and the Netherlands. So pretty much spur of the moment, you just hopped on a plane and took off and and really didn't have a set plan necessarily. Like you were, you, you knew where you were going to start off and where you're going to travel through. But uh, you were kind of contacting clubs as you were traveling, and yeah, and you ended up at Fingston Ball, the, the tournament here in Austria, uh, and and hooked up with a Division Two Austrian club. So um, maybe we can you can quickly tell me about that experience. You you hopped on as a player coach. 
Yeah, I jumped down uh, as a player originally, but uh, our head coach was a Japanese guy uh, by the name of Takuro. Great guy, really good baseball mind, but uh, he had a hard time communicating with the rest of the team. Uh, he didn't speak the, the best of English, so I was able to kind of step in and act as an assistant coach and, and kind of help the team out in that regard. Um, we had a great season, kind of turned it around. We were struggling before I got there, and Ended up missing the the playoffs uh, by I think one game, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Really enjoyed the team out there, and uh, I know they kind of they had a good year this year. The Hard Bulls kind of bounced back. You guys played them last weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah, we just played them, and uh, they've they've improved a lot. Like the last time we faced them was a couple of years ago when we were playing in the playdowns, and and uh, since then, yeah, they've definitely improved a lot. So. And uh, I know Mike Caleb, who's there right now, he's he's enjoying it. It seems like a really good family atmosphere from what I see. You know, um, they had a pretty decent crowd there. They had a nice fire pit out back, a, a pretty comfortable clubhouse, you know, decent facilities. Um, you know, Absolutely. I, I think that's what be- drew me in, and that's why I you know, miss most about that organization was just the family atmosphere. I mean, they were great as far as everyone kind of – hangs out together and everyone's friends with each other and uh yeah it's just a real pleasant place to play yeah so then um so you you spend a season in second division austria and i, I kind of call that usually getting your foot in the door because usually the goal the end goal is is a higher level of baseball uh i've been through the level of baseball on the podcast before as far as austrian second division is concerned and it, it although it is improving it's not it's probably one of the lower level professional levels you can play at or semi-professional leagues that you can play in in, in europe um so maybe you can you can uh, give me your take on on the league and the opportunities within as far as level yeah. concerned and yeah i would i would agree with you it's definitely uh from what i've seen one of the lower leagues but like you said it was an opportunity to get my my foot in the door um i think if you look at the second uh, division in Austria, there's two or three pretty good teams. Uh, they're battling for the for the championship, and uh, they're competitive. I think in the in the playoffs, but then uh, I think yeah, the bottom half of the league is is really it really falls off quite a bit from there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, having this year, I you know had an opportunity to come over to Switzerland, and I think it's definitely a step up. But I know there's you know better leagues out there still. Yeah, well, coming from your baseball background, the level you played at, did you find that difficult uh, to to find yourself in a league like that, or were you happy saying, okay, I'm playing at a lower level, but I'm overseas and I've jump started an overseas career? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm look. I, I enjoy playing baseball and and being around baseball of course um but it's the experiences the people you meet the places you get to go and see um i know that i'm not you know trying to make the big leagues i know some guys that take their career overseas or are doing it to you know try to re revitalize their career and maybe make a, a leap back into professional baseball in the states but for me i, I realized that ship sailed and you know, i'm just enjoying uh, my time out here and you know if i have an opportunity to play baseball and uh you know, see the world. I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, most definitely. I just find that the, there there is the odd guy that comes over, and then they're a little surprised at the level at whatever league they're in, and then maybe um, are are not happy with it and and leave early. And and so I always think it's a good idea to touch base on on you know that there's more than than the level of baseball and. Uh, there's, more, yeah. there's more to it than that, and it's the whole experience. And okay, so 
So you spent last half of last season in in Austria. It was pretty much half the season. I think you were there, um, and then I know they really wanted you back. Um, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. they made you an offer before you left, uh, but you went off to Australia uh, since then. So where did you end up in Australia? As if I didn't know. Uh, South Australia Baseball League down in uh, Adelaide. Uh, I played for the Golden Grove Central District Dodgers. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, definitely the, the baseball is a, a much higher level there than it was uh, in, in Austria. Um, you have a lot of former affiliated guys that are playing in the league, a lot of independent league guys that are uh, there working out for their off season. Um, so it was a much higher level of baseball, uh, but it was great. I really enjoyed my experience down there. Yeah. So Golden Grove, uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about that area? Uh, cause are all the teams based like right around Adelaide, or is there what's the travel distance like? And uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's 13 teams in the league, um, and they're all in and around Adelaide. I think the furthest we had to travel, we're, we're one of the furthest northern clubs. I think only Northern Districts is further than us uh, outside the city, and we're about. I don't know, maybe 40 minutes outside of Adelaide mm-hmm. um, in, in Golden Grove. And then the furthest south team is Southern Districts, and they're probably maybe an hour south of the city. So I guess we had to travel maybe an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes was about the longest travel we had. So that's a little that's a little change from where you just came from in, in Austria because when you were playing with uh, – the hard bulls there. I know they're traveling. I think eight hours sometimes. For oh yeah, yeah. We'd have eight or nine hour bus trips, and you know we'd have to stay overnight in uh, some hotels, which was in, isn't the worst thing. But uh, yeah, in Australia, everything's you know you're down there, and then you're back for uh, back for dinner. No yeah. problems. Yeah, I guess it isn't so bad as as someone wanting to see other other parts of the world. Yeah, I guess you can see the countryside when you're traveling eight hours, but it's definitely something yeah, to consider yeah. when you when you have multiple options of places to sign somewhere. I guess travel distance could be something you would factor in uh, because. Eight hours, wow. <laughs> I could Yeah, imagine. yeah, yeah, it, it, it catches up with you. But, I mean, having, in college baseball, we had both bus trips that were that long, and yeah. it was, like you said, it was boring country that I'd seen before, whereas, you know, you're going through Austria, you're seeing all sorts of new and interesting things. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so when when you were here at this year's Fingston Ball, sorry, is it too loud for you? Do you want to... You want to set this up again for a little later? No, no, I can hear you. I just got to lean in and uh, catch an ear to it. All right. Um, basically, you were here at Fingston Ball this year uh, in 2015, and we you stayed at my place, and we were chatting about the South Australian Baseball League, and, and I was quite surprised to find out. Um, I, I knew the level was good, but I didn't realize it was at the level you were just talking about. But also... Um, the amount of imports within the league and uh, um, the opportunities within for, for somebody to go there and play. It sounds like it's it's pretty good and uh, and pretty nice setup sometimes. Can you tell us a little bit about the opportunities and uh, especially yeah, with yeah, those, top, those top clubs and, and the setup that you could have there? Yeah, yeah. Some of the setups are great. Um, there's Obviously, the different areas of Adelaide, uh, you know, there's kind of a different uh, standard, different income levels. Um, and some of, some of the areas that you're at are the nicer communities. Uh, you're right on the beach, and some of the, the uh, organizations 
I know Glen Elg uh, puts their import guys like in a beach house, um, pretty much steps from the sand, so they've got a good setup. Um, and then there's other clubs within the uh, within the league that are in similarly nice neighborhoods. Um, but all of the clubs do a pretty good job uh, as far as the the host family situations. Um, some, like I said, some are host families, some are uh, import houses. Um, I was in a host family situation last year. That was a good situation. Sand and Glen Elk, but yeah, it's a good, good deal down there. Yeah. Okay. And um, also, I'm, I was wondering um, if you can tell us a little bit about, like, it, uh, maybe for those that aren't that are listening that aren't aware of the compensation. Uh, are most guys working, from what you know, or are, are some guys actually paid to play? Yeah, I would say uh, there's definitely guys that are being paid to play there at the the higher end clubs, um, but uh, I think for the most part, most of the imports are getting set up with a job if they qualify for a work visa. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our two imports last year worked at a, uh, a sponsor of ours that had a bar, and they were bartenders there. Yeah. Um, I knew a guy, a couple guys that played for Southern Districts. Um, they were working construction. I think they were making pretty good money down there. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody around the league had a job if they wanted it, if they qualified for a visa. But yeah, there were a few guys throughout the league that were getting paid uh, just straight cash. Okay, that that's good. Um, and would you say like there's what are the import limits and how many uh, imports? would you say per team or, or, or within the league uh, on average? Uh, I would say on average, there's two imports per team. Uh, there's a few teams that'll carry an extra import uh, who will coach their division two team and maybe play a little bit with the division two team, help out with the junior pro- program. Um, but for the most part, it's two imports. Um, and they've changed the rules a little bit uh, since last year. They've created a new system to kind of, uh, uh, make it a little bit harder for the top teams to bring in top talent or uh, several top players. Um, there's a point system. If you're a new player, then you count as five points, import or not. So if you're another player coming in from another Australian league, you would count as five points as well in that first league, in that first year. So there, And then you have a total amount of points based on how you finished the year before as to how many new players you can have. So it's a whole new system that they've, they've created this year. Um, but there's still the rule that you're allowed two imports uh, on the field at one time. Uh, so there's, you know, the whole league pretty much has two imports with that, with that rule. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I can understand that rule based on our conversation this summer, how um, there's the, – the league is basically – divided into you know uh, three different tiers as far as level of play and maybe um i guess financial capability or or power or ability to bring in top players um yeah so but i I would say like from what i've seen from the south australian baseball uh clubs within the league uh the ones that come to me are seeking affiliated guys. It seems uh, um, they, unless it's a top for a guy from a top college uh, with with great numbers, they're they're quite picky and they're they're looking for top level guys. Is that pretty much what you? Yeah, are saying? yeah. With the, the limits that you had, yeah, the, the limits that you have as far as who you can bring in, um, yeah, throughout the league. 
everyone's looking to get top of guys. There was a, a team last year, uh, Henley and Grange, uh, that brought over a pitcher-catcher to start the season. And after two starts, the pitcher uh, got signed with Cincinnati. So he went back uh, to the States and uh, I think worked out with their uh, in their winter ball program uh, over there. So, you know, there's the, the talent that comes over is oftentimes very good. Uh, we had a guy, our import last year, had pitched two years of affiliate ball with the Yankees and then is currently pitching uh, in independent leagues over in the Frontier League. So I would say the majority of the imports in the league are uh, former affiliate guys or current independent league guys. Okay, because usually on the website when I get an affiliated guy that signs up or a guy that was in the Frontier League or something like that, uh, they're looking to go to the ABL and that's it. And we so when I present the South Australian Baseball League as an option, um, what advice could you give those guys as far as a career move? Uh, yeah. I would say, I mean, if, if you, you don't get an opportunity to play in the ABL, there's certainly a pathway from the SABL into the ABL. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few guys throughout the league last year, uh, you know, Will Thorpe, um, he, he started off as an SABL player and ended up getting signed by the bike, the ABL team in Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, so there are guys that do make that leap, um, but it's something that you definitely want to talk to your club about uh, that you sign with the SABL because they're the ones that are financing you to come down there. Um, so it's really up to them if they allow you to play with the ABL. That's definitely something you'd want to talk to them about uh, beforehand. But, uh, you know, the standard of baseball in the SABL is is quite good. Um, I would say, you know, several of the ABL players also play SABL uh, during the season as well, uh, the Australian-born players. Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Sam Bat. Any clubs in Europe that are interested in new bats for 2016 – can take advantage of a promotion right now where I offer the IBC Scouting Service for free with orders of 10 or more bats. The IBC Scouting Service will find your imports for you. We'll do all the background checks and all the legwork. So if you're interested in this deal and you want to be able to choose your own colors for your bats for 2016, you can email me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. So then that season came to an end, and uh, you you then took off to Switzerland, and they're now playing with, uh, sorry, is it the Challengers? Yeah, yeah, with the Zurich Challengers. Um, and yeah, our seasons, we just, uh, we start playoffs this weekend. Um, so that'll be uh, exciting. It'll be nice to try to go for a Swiss championship. Yeah, no doubt. And it, I'm, I'm excited that you're playing there because I, I really – haven't had many interviews with guys that are playing in Switzerland. Um, what's your take on the league as far as um, level of play and, and um, you know, yeah, we'll start with that, just level of play. And if, if, if you think that that is something comparable to back to the U.S. that you can make a connection to as far as level of play is concerned? Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, you know, level of play is pretty good. Um it's definitely better than the second division Austria. Uh, it's probably pretty similar to the first division of Austria, uh, having seen uh, and played against the Dornburn Indians. So I know they're one of the better teams over in Austria. Um, but I'd say level of play in the States, uh, you know, it's a good men's league, I would say. Or if I'm comparing it to a college league, I would say it's a junior college level. Um, but 
you know, there's there, you, you, there's definitely a discrepancy between the top teams and the bottom teams. You have the the Terwill Flyers, um, who are definitely the best team in the league. Um, I, I think they would compete anywhere. In fact, they won their European Cup pool uh, earlier this summer, and they'll be playing for the European uh, Cup, what B pool, I believe, the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're they're definitely one of the better teams in the B pool in Europe. Uh, but then you also have a team like the Ville Devils who didn't win a game. So yeah. um, there's definitely a, a big gap from top to bottom. But uh, the top three or four teams uh, are all real competitive. Yeah. How many how many teams are there within the league? Uh, there's there's six teams in the league uh, in the first division. And then in the second division, I want to say there's a dozen maybe. Yeah. And I know I, I know for the most part they're importing in the first division. Uh, maybe not on the bottom couple teams, but uh, could you tell me a little bit about the opportunities that you see in Switzerland uh, in the first and even in the second division, if you've heard of any? Uh, yeah, yeah. For for the imports, um, I think there's pretty much every team has two imports. Um, everybody is getting you know flights paid for, uh, transportation costs covered, uh, place to stay. Um, getting a nice stipend a month um, and then I think probably right around the 600 to $800 a month is, is pr- or francs rather uh, is the pretty standard yeah. um, and there are I, I think every team in the first first league has at least two two, uh, two imports and then in the NLB I know there's a handful of clubs that have uh, imports but not as many I would say maybe five or six maybe half the league as uh, an import and it would only usually be one okay and uh, I've also like the the the, cl- the few clubs in in Switzerland that I've I've been in contact with and sent some names to um, some of them uh, it seems like their demand is pretty high as well similar to the SABL like they're looking for former affiliated guys or you know um, someone that that played at a high level of college ball yeah I would say that's a from my experience, at least, knowing the other imports around the league, I'd say that's a bit of a reach. I think that's that's what they're hoping to get. Obviously, they'd like, they'd like to bring in a big-time gun. But uh, from the guys that I'm actually seeing, uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, played at a high level of college. I think the two guys for Terwill uh, were teammates of Chris Bryant at uh, mm-hmm. University of San Diego um, a couple years ago. They're you know probably the two best imports in the league. Um, but most of them were... You know, Division Two, II, Division Three. Um, yeah, there's a couple of Division One guys here, but uh, some NAIA guys. But I don't know that anybody in the league is a former affiliated guy. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why I was a little surprised when when I was being like they they did seem a little bit on the picky side when they were asking for imports, and I thought I was sending some pretty nice, pretty good guys. Uh, yeah, just just yeah. based on my knowledge about the Austrian league and the Swiss league not being that far apart. Uh, in terms of level of play, so I know the the level of player that could do well there, and uh, so I was pretty familiar with that. So I wanted to get your take on it because I have spoken to another import that that definitely um, had a, a different view on the level of play in the league, and and I just didn't didn't match with what I knew. So I wanted to see what what your thoughts were, and your thoughts are exactly where I am. So <laughs> it's nice to see it. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Enough about that stuff. How about uh, how are you enjoying all this? Where have you been? Where have you traveled? What have you seen? What have you done? Do you have any stories for us? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I've uh, I've had an opportunity to do all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, my bucket list is getting shorter every day. Um, this year, uh, I went down. We had a nice break, and that's one of the good things about uh, the Swiss schedule is you have you play a double header one weekend, and then you won't play again for two and a half weeks. So you've got a lot of time to jump on a plane and go check some stuff out. Uh, I went down and did the running of the bulls this year down in Pamplona, Spain. Uh, went down there with another uh, uh, import player from Austria, Jeff Bardo. Oh, yeah, that, that's good for the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got the back <laughs> problems, but it was still uh, uh, hey. You know, it it uh, it makes you alive. I mean, when you go down there and you got these uh, two thousand pound animals with horns coming at you, it's yeah. it's a rush. But yeah, I bet that was uh, definitely a great experience. Uh, down in Australia last year, uh, I dove with great white sharks. That was unreal. Probably one of the best experiences of my life. Um, and then last year in Austria, uh, I went skydiving in the Alps. So you kind of flew up and we're in this big, uh, glacial valley and, you know, there's cliff walls on either side of us as we're dropping down. It was, it was pretty insane. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of opportunities to go out and check out, uh, cool and interesting things. I'm going to hopefully go hike, uh, the Matterhorn, uh, in the next week or so, um, probably next week uh with uh, adam greenberg uh, import for lucerne mm-hmm. so yeah there's there's been some great opportunities for me um you know you get out there and you explore the world and you every time you go to these new teams you've instantly got you know 40 50 friends that want to show you what uh, what makes their little corner of the world special so yeah i do my best to take advantage of those opportunities and you know i've been real fortunate so far in the people i've met yeah yeah, no, I and it seems like you're really into the extreme things as well. So as as long as <laughs> as long as there's a couple of crazy guys on the team that that don't mind going along for the ride, but uh, no, it sounds like you're having a blast. Um, I did meet a lot of those guys that that you're playing against in in Switzerland. Um, you you mentioned Adam, and then there's Jack and uh, Lucas yeah. Lucas over in Thurwell, and uh, yeah. who else is there? I, I know there's someone on the Sissac Frogs. Oh yeah, there's uh, uh, Taylor, Tyler Eichhorst. Yeah, Taylor. Ta- oh, sorry, Taylor Eichhorst. Yeah, yeah. He, he ended up getting a gig down in uh, Australia this year, so he's oh, pretty he excited. Oh, got it good because I I threw him on the front page and. I wasn't sure, but he was on there for at least a month, and I'm like, you know, he had to have found something by now, so I took him down. Um, but good, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'll, I'll follow up and say hi to him and, and congratulate him. Yeah, he's in care. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's uh, Chris Michaels and Chris Uli. They're playing for the Barracudas out here. I know yeah. Chris Michaels has done a, pod, a podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, he's been at this for several years now as well. Yeah. Speaking of getting at that, you've been at it for for I don't know I guess a little more than a year now. Uh, yeah, you, this have, is my third season. Have you been home? Uh, I was home for two weeks last year. Um, just uh, in the first two weeks of April, uh, kind of just basically dropped off some stuff, picked up some stuff, uh, yeah. you know, kissed my mom, said hello to my nieces, and uh, you know, headed out the door. Yeah, that's that, that's tough, but I mean, at the same time, you're traveling the world, and you know, family will be there when you get back. And you're, you know, I think many, many guys listen to this podcast are thinking you're living the life. So, uh, and myself included. So, I, I say milk it as long as you can, and and you'll see the family when you're back for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's my plan. Yeah. So, uh, just a, a couple more questions. One of them being, um, you're you're at, you're for the most part you're a coach, uh, and then. Like, are you play coaching as well 
in Switzerland or as well as in South Australia? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, a player coach everywhere. Um, here in Switzerland, I, I play pretty much every single game. Uh, um, in Austria last year, I played every single game. Uh, down in Australia, because of the import rules, um, I play in half the game. So the import pitcher that we bring in, uh, we have it's a 38-game schedule this year in Australia. So 19 of those games are allowed to be started by an import pitcher, so half the games. And so the other half of those games that he's not pitching, those will be the games that I'll play uh, and be a position player in. Yeah. Okay, and so then my I get the next question would be then, from your perspective, since you're probably involved in the recruiting of imports uh, for your club in South Australia, uh, yeah. for for your club now in Zurich and wherever else you're going to end up probably down the road, um, what are you looking for in an import player? Like what what can these guys be doing to get your attention? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is you know contact the coaches. I know my contact information is is listed on the Golden Grove Central District uh, website. Um, and if I get an e- email from a guy, I'm going to give him a look. Uh, I'm going to check out his information and see if he's someone that we'd be interested in. Um, on top of that, at, uh, you know, I, it's playing ability. Once I look, and I'm looking for a certain type. If I'm looking for a higher end. I'm looking for a guy that played uh, college ball um, at a higher level uh, for most of the teams that I'm coaching. Uh, I'm also looking for a guy that's got some playing experience, uh, or sorry, some coaching experience as well. Um, so anybody who has coached, you know, juniors or high school level, or even helped out at a college, um, that's obviously going to help because all these clubs um, are looking to grow their organization and, and get themselves better. And there's so many youth teams with all of these organizations like here in switzerland we've got some youth teams and in australia we've got a ton i mean we we have 23 or 24 different teams from first division all the way down to t-ball so there's uh, plenty of coaching opportunities yeah so that's obviously very important um and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you i'm gonna skype with you and and if you're uh seem like a pretty good guy uh you know that's gonna go a long way as well yeah. all right do you want to see video? Like, how much does video play a factor being overseas and not knowing the guy? Uh, is like, if you yeah. had to have the ultimate profile to answer as many questions in a pre-screen before you even contact a guy, um, you you would want to see video, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. When in the links that uh, you had sent me over the uh, the last couple months, when we were trying to find an import for Australia, every time there was video was very helpful um, to have a look at uh, the mechanics of a pitcher. Um, to see kind of the swing path of a hitter, uh, you know, just to see the footwork of an infielder or a catcher, um, you know, arm strength, all that kind of stuff. You can pick up uh, a lot out of video, and I think yeah. that's very, very helpful. Yeah, most definitely. And do, do you also contact coaches or, like, I put the testimonials in the verified profiles. Um, how much does that help out does that does that weigh you or sway you in any way to one guy over another if there's there's some good testimonials or if you hear some good words from a former yeah, coach yeah. if someone's got testimony i will always read the testimonials and see what a, a coach has to say and i mean sometimes you get the very general 
testimonials from a coach. Well, hey, it was a good player. It never caused any problems, this and that. But uh, I think the ones that stand out is when you can tell a coach kind of went out of his way to really say a good word about a player. Because yeah. um, then that tells you that, hey, this is a guy that stand out, stood out in this coach's mind and, and really was an asset to the club both on and off the field. Yeah, most definitely. I, I've been a coach, and I've had to write some testimonials, and I've struggled through some. And and uh, I think it, you can always pick up uh, uh, a coach that's just trying to be nice uh, between a coach that really yeah. really is is excited about a player and and wants to help him out and and wants to put his best best foot forward. So cool, man. So what's the plan for you from now on? Are you uh, heading back to uh, Australia? Uh, we've got. A- No, we got we have got a month left here probably with our playoff schedule. I'll go straight from here to uh, Adelaide. Um, got another season in Adelaide, uh, and then I don't really have a plan. Uh, haven't signed with any clubs for for next uh, European season uh, in April. But uh, you know, options are open. I'm gonna try to contact uh, as many clubs as I can. Um, you know, there's a possibility that I would come back here come back or go back to the bulls in uh, in austria next year but i kind of want to keep my options open and uh, you know one of the reasons why i do this is is try to see new places and um have new experiences so you know i'm always open for uh, another new place to check out yeah yeah you know and i when i think about where you've been in europe they're two very similar places between austria and, right. and, and switzerland and then i i would even consider hard or that area, a mini version of Zurich, maybe, you know, there's, there's mountains and lakes and, uh, hard, right. uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. I was just playing there last weekend and it's gorgeous there. Um, and I've been to Zurich. Uh, I know it's expensive in Zurich, so that's got to play a, a role <laughs> in it too. So, uh, you probably can't afford to even leave the leave your apartment, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, so there's so yeah. many things to weigh in, but you know, best of luck to you. I'm sure you'll get a ton of offers for next year. Um, so, you know, let's stay in contact, and I'll see what I can do to help you with that, and uh, and then you'll end up in the place you you want to be. Yeah. yeah, thanks, David. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I appreciate everything that you do uh, on your website, and you know, affording guys like me opportunities. Uh, you know, through the contacts you have, and and through the work that you do on your website, it's it's really great. Thanks, Clay. I'm glad it's worked out for you, and you know, um, I definitely want to stay in touch. Maybe we'll we'll. Skype again uh, some, sometimes towards Christmas or in the new year and see how okay, things are going. Good. All, right. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, best of luck in the, in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I know you, uh, you're building a good thing up there in uh, Atenang as the head coach this year. Yeah, we're, we've made some strides for sure. We've made some strides. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not 1-19. We were 8-12. Yeah. So. yeah hey. But I, I tell you, man, of those 12 losses, I think – seven or eight were by like one or two runs so we easily could have been second place third place uh you know and you guys got a young team as well i mean i saw when i played in feaston ball there you guys got a lot of good young players that you guys are heading in the right direction oh for sure yeah most definitely uh and we picked up a new young player for this year too and and he's helped out a lot and yeah the guys are you know they're they're having fun again and that's the main thing and and you know that sounds like a cliche but it's true we're having fun and and when you when you're having fun you win and uh when you win you're having fun so uh i think we'll we're going to be making a run at it next year we'll see what happens all right yeah good uh yeah wish you all the luck 
Right on, buddy. Well, good luck in South Australia and in the playoffs here uh, against Thurwell. I know that won't be an easy one, but I think uh, it sounds like you got you got the challengers uh, heading on the right path here. So, yeah, 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 we do. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, man. All Stay right, in man. touch, bud. All right, talk to you, David. See you, buddy. That wraps up episode number 51. I want to thank Clayton for the vast amount of information he shared. Uh, His story is truly inspirational. Uh, I love the fact that he just knew he has what it takes for a club to pick him up. Uh, So he just paid his way over and started networking. And how he did that, he came to, you know, our tournament here in Austria, Finkston Ball, and picked up a shovel and started helping out. Uh, didn't complain once, showed up every morning at 7 in the morning for the grounds crew as a volunteer. Uh, you know. And then when he did get the chance to play, I think with the Polish national team, um, he did real well and impressed some guys. And he just he was probably, uh, probably was the, the one person that I feel got to know everybody at the ballpark over that weekend. It seems like everybody knew Clayton Carson by the end of the weekend. So that's how you do it. Uh, you take the bull by the horns, you get out, uh, you make yourself available, and uh, start networking. Also, uh, I would like to say that Clayton is what, in my opinion, the perfect example of what most clubs overseas are looking for in an import. Uh, obviously, his coaching background goes a long ways, and not everybody has an opportunity to coach at the college level. Uh, but if, you, if you're looking, if you're like a junior in college or senior in college and you want to play overseas potentially uh, after college, start getting that coaching experience in now. Whether it's a volunteer uh, at, in a youth program or at a college or sorry, at a high school, um, you know, that's, that's one way to get to put your best foot forward. Uh, build up that coaching experience. And the next thing would be uh, the fact that he's a utility player. He, you know, he can pitch. He can play just about any position on the on the infield, um, so I, I mean that's that's in huge demand overseas because their budgets are so low that they want to get a two way guy uh, if possible. So if you can help out on both ends of the field, um, then that's uh, that's what they're also looking for. Uh, also, he's personable. He's you know he's not he doesn't sit in his room all day and uh, he's out there meeting people and doing things and being a good team guy. Uh, when he was at Finkston Ball, he was, like I said, he was out networking everywhere, but he wasn't afraid to pick up a shovel and help out uh, outside of the duties that he signed up for. So, I mean, he's, he was hardworking, and that's what they really want is a guy that's going to come in and really help the club in any way he can. Uh, somebody that doesn't think he's entitled or, or he's too good to be doing field maintenance or whatever the case is. Um, also, he really carries himself in a professional way. I don't want to pump his tires too much, but yeah, he's he can, carries himself in a professional way, but he could also go out and have fun with the guys in the team, like running with the bulls or whatever the case is. Uh, and lastly, I know clubs overseas really like a guy that's interested in their culture, in their country, in their language. Um, so I know Clayton's very culturally interested. He wants to uh, experience each stop our country to its fullest um and you know that just shows an investment not just in the club but in the in the country itself and uh, so all those combined i think make the ultimate import for the most of the clubs overseas and the reason i say most is yeah sure there's a few uh of the top level like in the australian baseball league uh or in the Dutch Major League or the Italian Baseball League where they're looking for a guy just to come in and put up some numbers and help them win games. Um, 
But the majority of these clubs, the Australian state leagues uh, and all the semi-pro leagues across Europe, uh, they're looking for a guy just like Clayton. So that's why uh, he's in high demand. And, and if any of you want to have a lengthy career overseas, then, he, then I would probably follow in his footsteps if I were you. Well, I'm going to sign off for today. We'll catch you guys on episode number 52. We're going to squeeze in one more episode about Australian baseball. Okay, maybe two. Uh, their season's fast approaching, so if you're looking to play winter ball, you better get on it. All right, take care, everybody. We'll catch you on episode 52.